Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Not Gonna Lie podcast presented by Student Union Sports. We have a lot of guests on the show today. Very exciting. Uh, first up, national champion, fullback tight end at Alabama, Carl Tucker. We talk about his experience previously at UNC, why he decided to go to Alabama, and what the road ahead looks like before the NFL draft. And after that, we get into it with a couple of guys at Student Union, Cody and Liam, talking Bucks, Chiefs, talking Super Bowl prop bets, pretty much everything you need to know. Uh, but before we get started with today's episode, going along with prop bets, today's episode is brought to you by BUSR.com. At Student Union Sports, not gonna lie podcast, we are great big fans of BUSR.com is your go-to location for all sports betting and online gaming. But in your favorite sports events today, including NFL, NBA, college football, college basketball, and much more, maybe you're a Super Bowl guy, maybe you like those prop bets, they've got it. Whatever you want, is it's a great location for all your betting needs. They offer the best promos, bonuses, and odds of any online race book. Head on over to busr.com slash sports today and receive a 20% sign-up bonus and up to 8% in rebates every day. Again, that is busr.com slash sports for all your betting needs. You can find the link in the podcast description. You can find it on our Twitter. You can find it on Student Union Sports Twitter. Let's go make some money. All right, now is my interview with Carl Tucker. We now welcome on a very special guest. It is national champion, tight end out of Alabama, <laughs> Carl Tucker. Carl, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm still not used to that national champion thing. That's it's, it's such a weird concept for me. I'm still not used to that. <laughs> I mean, hey, look, there are there are worse things to to lead in the name with the national champion. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this has been, uh, you know, a unique year and sports have been felt by that, you know, like any other uh, sort of activity. But you made the decision to transfer to Alabama um, from UNC. Uh, in your final season, and you won a national championship. I mean, that's about as as, as good as you could have uh, could have hoped for. What yeah. was the year like? You're you're going into a new school, not really familiar with a lot of the system and how that all works. Only adding on to COVID. How how was how was this year for you? Um, it started off a little nerve wracking. Um, coming from Chapel Hill and then going to the best football, college football, basketball football team ever really um so it was very nerve-wracking um once the year got once the year got going um it kind of started to get fun because I got acclimated and started to get used to it and, and got my confidence up knowing that I'm you know practicing with the best best in the college um so yeah nerve-wracking at first but then it got fun once I got to fit it in yeah I was reading um about you know when you're looking at all these schools to transfer to and I think it was it was a week after you met with Alabama that you had made your decision to transfer. So what was that uh, meeting room like? Well, I mean, cause I assume it was, you know, you, you kind of knew right away, this is the place I want to be. So what, what swung you that way? Um, they kind of just told me how it is. Like they say, look, like, we're not going to talk to you like a recruit. We're not going to treat you like a recruit. Like we know what you want to do. We, we know your plans. Uh, we know what you're looking for. Um, and they kind of just broke it down to me where they see me at and um, their plans for me. Uh, some they show me things I could work on. Um, 
they showed me why I should come here and the things that they can provide for me. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was an easy choice, easy decision. Uh, I knew like, regardless of what happened, I was going to leave Alabama a better football player. Um, and that's all I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and now looking back on your career, college career, you've played with probably three quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round. Mitch Trubisky was a first rounder. Uh, Sam Howell. What's yeah. that? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you've played with some, some great quarterback talent, Sam Howell and, and now Mac Jones. Um, talk to me a little bit about each of these guys. I'm sure you've gotten a chance to, you know, hang out with them a little bit. How do they prepare? How do they work? What do you like about them? So the thing that they all have in common is they are extremely smart. Um, and under pressure, they are extremely calm, extremely poised. Uh, they just, just how they talk about um, just defenses, like really how they just pick them apart is all just, it's crazy to me just how just the things that they see um, and just how they how they view defenses is, is definitely the, the big thing that they have in common. Um, Sam is definitely on the quiet side. Um, before I left, he, he was getting acclimated and everything and talking a lot more. But what amazed me about Sam is just how he was able to take over the offense at, as a freshman. And we all was able to just like put our trust in him and, and just ride the Sam Howe wave, which was really, really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah, it's something that um, I was just going through, you know, looking over. I'm like, oh, wait, you play with Mitch Trubisky, you play with Sam Howell, and I get to play with Mac Jones. Like, it's, it's got to be a lot of fun. It's got to be a lot of fun. Yeah, very. So, and, and watching you play, too, I mean, you you remind me of a very old school guy. Like, you genuinely enjoy <laughs> laying the hammer on somebody, which, I mean, you see an <laughs> offensive lineman, but out of guys that are tight ends, and and you played a little fullback this year out of fullbacks, Um you don't see that as like how much pride do you take in, in just laying the hammer down on another guy? Uh, massive pride. Uh, Cause I came in, I was, I came out of high school playing receiver and I remember going to the Semper Fidelis bowl and they put me at tight end. I had no idea what I was doing. Like I didn't know what to do in a stance. I didn't know how to come out of the stand. I was just terrible. Um, and just, Seeing, just I, I think that has a lot to do with the coaches, the coach that I had early, uh, Seth Luttrell, the head coach at North Texas. Now he he played fullback at uh, Oklahoma when they won the national championship. Um, so just how he coached me, he wasn't one for soft, soft stuff. Um, and that and it was instilled in me early to take pride in being physical. Um, and I was a part of I was a part of offenses that were uh, just top tier and just big play offenses. So like when I was with Mitch, they had Ryan Switzer, Bug Howard, Quinshaw Davis, Mac Hollins, like all these, and uh, TJ Logan, Elijah Hood, all these guys that got drafted. Um, and then following when Sam Howell got there, you know, Deami Brown, Daz Newsome, um, and then Javante Williams and, and uh, Michael Carter. And then coming to Alabama with Mac mm-hmm. Jones, you, you know, so, um, just being able to find the role and being that physical guy, being, being that consistently physical guy that you can just run behind, you can always count on to get their block done. Just, so just being able to like, just, yeah, just fitting in the role. And I took, I took pride in, in that, 
um, knowing that that's something that nobody can take away from me. And that's something that nobody can do better than I care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you, did you know going to Alabama that um, you weren't going to be getting a ton of pass catching reps? Cause I, I assume that's something that you were kind of leaning towards and, and proving that you could do. I mean, you're more than capable of doing it as we've seen, but uh, you know, it, it's kind of a, a lack of reps thing is what a lot of people are looking mm -hmm. at. Was that something you knew that you weren't going to be getting a ton of pass catching roles? And, and how do you plan on showing that to teams in this draft process that, that you are more than capable of, of catching the ball on a regular basis? Um, going in, I definitely thought that I would get um, more looks, more passes. Um, but that, when it got like after the first two games, I realized that like I am not needed for that at all. <laughs> Um, like there is no, so there's really like no, like why throw it to me when you got Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, Najee Burton, Najee, and like, you know, like it's, it mm -hmm. was, so I just got into the role to the, the thought process of, you know, well, if I can do what I did at Chapel Hill, if I could do that in the ACC, then I'll be, I'll be golden. Um, so I ended up doing that and being fine. Um, but what I think that NFL scouts don't realize about me is my speed and agility in my hands. Um, so I feel like showing them in my 40 times and my shuttle times and um, when I'm running routes and catching balls, they'll, they'll kind of see me from a different angle. So in this process, what are you, what are you classifying yourself as? Are you a tight end? Are you a fullback? Are you a halfback wide receiver? What, what's, what's the mindset? What are you, what are you displaying um, to a lot of these teams that'll come in and, and watch you work out? Fullback mindset, 100%. Um, I know, like, sophomore year, junior year, and uh, at Chapel Hill, I was so stubborn about it. I swore up and down that I was a tight end. Um, but then just, like, looking at my film, it just makes so much more sense to me to be a fullback in the league, especially when that's what scouts see me as anyway. So, uh, to me, there's no point in, in fighting that. It's more for me accepting that and, and making that position – more elusive, making it like more, a more broader term. Um, Cause I feel like I can do everything a fullback can do and more. Um, so yeah, there's just, just changing. Cause it's already being changed now. Kind of, you see them getting the ball a lot more, but like, I want to add on to that and, and help out with that, that fullback, that thing, that thought that fullbacks can just block. I, I literally wrote, I'm not even kidding you. I wrote that on my notes. I was going to ask you, are you hoping to reinvent the fullback position? So I assume <laughs> that's, that's a yes from what you said. And, Absolutely. and yeah, I mean, we've seen the 49ers use the fullbacks in a creative way, like before, you know, early two thousands. And, and before that, it was just a guy who was the first one through the hole that opened it up for the running back. But I mean, like you said, there are teams that are starting to see the value in a fullback can be more than just a blocker. Um, so that's awesome. And I love, I love that mindset too. Of, that, that was very confident. You know, I'm a fullback answer. So I, I love that for yeah. sure. It took a while. It took a while to, to be confident in that answer. <laughs> All right. So in light of, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of this um, stock market stuff going around, you know, I don't know if you've heard kind of the, the rumblings of things going on, but I want to ask you, this may be a little unique question. If, if you don't have an answer right away, that's okay. But uh, if, if you were to classify yourself as a stock, what what stock are you calling yourself and why? GameStop. Is that, is that, <laughs> that say that right? Yeah, yeah. GameStop. That's um, the one. Because, uh, you know, like they very quiet, very low key. You know, nobody, I don't even like GameStop because they kind of, <laughs> they kind of cheat you with, with how they, the reselling stuff, mm -hmm. but, but their stock is just continues to rise and continues to grow and nobody knows why. Uh, so I, I would say GameStop because I'm, 
very low key. Um, but when it's my time to do something, um, or when like, the, I don't want to say the cameras on me, but when somebody or what a team is looking for me to do something and then trust me to do something, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. um, like, or make a block or make a catch or make any kind of play. And I'm like, oh, well, all right. And then I'm just going to keep doing it and keep doing it. So I, I would definitely say GameStop. All right, that's that's the title of this episode. Carl Tucker is GameStop. And everybody's <laughs> going to have to listen in and, and, and figure out why. But I mean, look, I agree. I, I definitely agree. Uh, okay, so moving forward, what does this process look like for you? I know the combine is um, not going to be the combine of past. I'm assuming pro days are still a go. How are you, you know, being able to, to work out in front of teams and, and, and get noticed? How, what does that process look like from here to the draft? Um, just, just training and, and getting my body right. Um, in terms of eating, I've, I'm on the plant-based diet now, so I haven't had meat in a week, week and a half. It's really hard, <laughs> but I'm getting through that. Um, and yeah, just training and just finding little ways that I can get faster and get my form better, um, run routes better and stuff like that uh, up until pro day. Yeah. See, I'm on a little bit of a diet myself and it, it's, it's all vegan too, but like I have one day a week where I can eat whatever I want. I take right. full advantage of that one, one oh, cheat day. And sure. I gotta, gotta go, go for it for the, to the most, uh, I'm not preparing for the draft or anything, just, you know, trying to, trying to bulk up a little bit more just, just because <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> all right. So I found in interviews past that anytime I ask a guy, you know, who he wants to, uh, who, what a team he wants to play for. He's like, oh, I just want to, you know, get the opportunity to go. So I found a work around with that. You're playing Madden. What team do you pick? <laughs> that is a good question. <laughs> um, so I, I, I do the, uh, the franchise mode. Oh, me too. The, uh, I'm a like big franchise guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I normally pick a quarterback and I normally play with the Carolina Panthers just so I can play with Christian McCaffrey. Because he's just like it's it's so unfair to have him on the game. It's it's mm -hmm. ridiculous. Just how, but I like how like they have him move um, compared to other running backs. Is like you can do some crazy juke and like no other running back can do. But I would I would say I I pick the Panthers just for Christian McCaffrey. Okay, yeah, I like that. I mean, hey, that would be the worst thing in the world to end up in Carolina laying down some blocks. Not for at all. Well. <laughs> yeah, not at all. All right. This has been awesome. It's been a great chance to get to talk to you. One question before you go, we're going to end it with this one. The team, this is fill in the blank. The team that drafts Carl Tucker is going to get what? A hard worker, a loyal hard worker. Um, wherever I go, they'll get me 150,000%. Um, and I'll do whatever they ask. Perfect. I love it. I love it. We'll be, we'll be rooting for you looking out uh, throughout the whole draft process. And we wish you nothing but the best. I appreciate that. It means a lot. We now welcome on two very special guests, two recurring friends of the program, friends of the podcast. It's Liam Smith and Cody Goggin. Guys, thanks for coming on. Hello, Jason. I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit. Uh, we're recording this Sunday morning and it's 930 over here. I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my day. Like since the beginning of September, I've been sitting in front of a couch, you know, it'd be about 30 minutes to game time at this point. And I'd be sitting in front of a couch till 830, then go and record a 45 minute podcast. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, 
9 15 and i'm cramming whatever homework i have left to do but now i am truly like i i have so much freedom in my day so many hours uh, and it's a little sad i'm a little disappointed yeah it's hitting me harder I, I was thinking about it all week jt i was like what like what are we gonna do this weekend is it i guess it's college ba- i've lost on a lot of college basketball so if you're wondering what i did this weekend it was it was that but yeah it's it's super weird um to, to not have NFL to look forward to on Sunday. And I think it's uh, it's probably going to carry over as a negative effect into our, our Mondays, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I mean, hey, for uh, wrestling fans, got Royal Rumble tonight. You know. I am excited about that. Me and Liam are in a pool for that, so we'll see, see how that goes. <laughs> I haven't watched a WWE pay-per-view in years, and I'm just wow. I'm amped for this. I, I don't know what I have to do. Like, I imagine I have to download some sort of streaming service, but I'm ready to rock. Yeah, no, I, I, maybe that's what I need to get into or something, but it's not a terrible thing. You know, I still have homework to do and things I could get ahead on. So maybe I'll just be really productive for the next, what, seven months, but it's nice that we get a little taste of it. Then we get the Super Bowl, and then we get off. So we can kind of work our way ease into having absolutely nothing, but there's an important reason why we have Liam and Cody on today. Uh, the Super Bowl is coming up. Cody, for those of you who don't know, is a Chiefs fan and Liam is a Tom Brady fan, which is the closest thing we could get to, uh, you know, both sides of the table. But uh, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. But the main thing is we're going to get into some prop bets. So we're going in blind for these guys. Um, I've, I've done a lot of research on some exotic prop bets, haven't given them any forewarning. So we're just going to go into it. I'll track them, mark them down, and then we'll get a little history on it because I now know the history on some of these things. Um, but let's start with some Super Bowl analysis. So in terms of how teams, both teams have gotten here, um, the Chiefs have just not punted the ball, really. Like that's, you know, they have not, their offense has not gotten off the field. Um, and and the Bucks, for me, what it really comes down to is they've capitalized off of other teams' mistakes. I mean, you look at their points off turnover numbers, they had 14 against, against the Packers, 21 against the Saints, and then they also got a touchdown. Uh, against Washington so that's that's kind of paved the way it's a little mix of offense and defense both but um, Liam we'll start with you I know you know this is this was kind of a a weird year for you Tom Brady leaving the Patriots Um, and although they were the betting favorites does it feel weird to see Tom Brady in another Super Bowl but also on a different team JT I'm it's weird but I'm not surprised I (laughs) I came into this season thinking all right, I don't have to spend every single weekend like working myself up into a frenzy defending Tom Brady as the greatest quarterback ever. But I've done it this whole year. I've watched Tampa Bay games almost as if um, I, you know, I can't quite say it gets me as excited as a Patriots game or anything like that. But, you know, I, I root for this guy every week. I've I've defended him his whole career. And just to see him go to a completely different team, completely different side of the league with someone that what they haven't been in the Super Bowl since Mike Allstott like it's been so long for the Bucks and that guy just you you can't deny greatness when you see it and that's what Brady's pretty much um you know in, in my opinion he's he's kind of chalked it up is he's running up the score at this point he's on a different team and he's made it to the Super Bowl for his 10th time and I just think that the clutch factor is in Tampa you you mentioned them capitalizing on all mistakes and that's 
you know, that's that comes from the confidence that is in the locker room. And I'm not saying Tom Brady's directly responsible for this, but this is a confident Tampa Bay team. And I think, you know, it confidence matters a little more than um, than it does in other games when you're in the Super Bowl. I think it's, you know, pride, passion comes into it. And that's what Tom Brady's here for. So, you know, broad analysis on the Bucks is that Tom Brady's fucking awesome. Pardon my language. Yeah, and and Cody, the you know there there was big talk about this was Tom Brady's 14th conference championship game last week, going into it in his 21st season, which is a, a 67 uh, percentage, you know, that which is insane. Two thirds of the time he's making it to the conference championship, but on the other side of things, Patrick Mahomes has been to 100 percent as a starter, three for three. I mean, if you if you crack it down, like this is really you know the goat versus his best competition early on in his career. Like we're, we're spoiled. We have these matchups, like for example, you know, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. that was kind of like the Super Bowl matchup we wanted for all these years. And it never happened, never worked out. This is probably one of the matchups where you say, all right, what's a, what's a dream scenario. I mean, Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes is, is insane. But my question to you is how, how long is it before you think people are going to start, you know, maybe call accusing you of being a bandwagon fan you know, just because the Chiefs are finally good or just starting to hate the Chiefs overall because they're oh, just I, that good at football. I mean, that's already happening. Like, that, <laughs> that, that happens all around me. But, yeah, just in terms of the, the magnitude of the matchup, you know, you got Mahomes, Brady, like, it, in a way it would be like if Jordan, you know, if, say, LeBron came in the league in, like, 96, 97, yeah. like, somewhere around there, and you get Jordan on his way out, LeBron coming in, and it would be the start of, like, the, you know, the old guard going to the new that this game, like the repercussions from like a narrative, like legacy standpoint are on an insane level that if Brady wins, you know, obviously it's his, you know, seventh Super Bowl. And, you know, that kind of puts his like Super Bowl argument to bed for the casual narratives. If Mahomes wins, you know, it's the, the changing over the start of him, him taking over and making his own, his own argument. So just like the, the angle on it from like those like national narratives that we're going to get a lot of like is super fascinating. Like, I don't think there's ever been a matchup like of two quarterbacks, like of that, of that ilk facing each other in a Super Bowl. So that's, that's really intriguing for me, but yeah, it's, it's already at the point where, you know, getting hated on for being a Chiefs fan and everything. And with how much like shit we've had to go through, like through the years, like the bad playoff losses and everything, like just got to soak this all in and just, you know, Welcome to the winner's club. Kid. Yeah, that's, appreciate that's what happens. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it, it is. You're right. It's a very interesting conversation. Um, and their, their season or their total series and games played against each other is they're two and two. Right. And uh, Tom Brady has taken down Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs on the way to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I don't know, Cody, I'll, I'll ask you about this. It's probably more important for Patrick Mahomes to win this Super Bowl than it would be for Tom Brady. I mean, for Tom Brady, it's just icing on the cake, further distancing himself. But if Mahomes loses, it's can't beat Brady in the playoffs, you know, uh, is already is down another Super Bowl, you know, that he has to would, would catch up or at least get close to in terms of a win percentage. But I mean, Tom Brady's kind of chilling. So yeah, is it, this is probably Mahomes is more for a legacy standpoint, a Super Bowl that he has to win. Right. I, I mean, like we all know that, you know, quarterback wins especially like playoff wins like it's not a team stat it's not like 
I don't put any personal importance into it. There's no predictive value in it, but in terms of like national narrative and legacy and things people remember, like this is a super important. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think 20 years down the road, if Tom Brady does win the Super Bowl, you and Liam are undoubtedly going to be arguing about Mahomes versus Brady, and he'll bring up, oh, well, you know, he couldn't beat him in the play. Like, that is something Liam will absolutely bring up. I was just thinking about that, JT. My, um, I have a one-year-old nephew right now, and I always think about, like, when he thinks back on Brady, will it be like this legend? You know, obviously the stories will be even, they'll be even better than the guy was, but it's like, if he's thinking like, oh, Pat Mahomes was the best of my generation. And then it's like, well, Pat Mahomes could never be a 40 year old Brady. So you don't, you know, it, it's, it's almost like starts getting into like Michael Jordan, like legend territory. Like we just know how fucking awesome he was. Yeah, and right. um, yeah. Sorry, Cody, go I, ahead. I would say we're, you know, a, a week out from the Super Bowl now, like just think of the magnitude, like we might be a week out from the most important game in Mahomes career. Yeah. And you know, his third full season. So we might be, in the, you know, going towards the most boring game of his career. Maybe, you know, maybe it's top three. We don't know what's down the road, but, you know, maybe we get a Mahomes, Watson, Super Bowl, and they're both like awesome in 10 years or something like who knows, but that as of right now, this is probably the most important game of his career. And that's even, you know, with last year's Super Bowl up there. Yeah, no, definitely. And and this Chiefs team has been, you know, they, they kind of stumbled into the playoffs just in terms of like, you know, I think it was like they were one and eight against the spread or something. And everybody's like, oh, are they slowing down? I mean, it's like, no, they're kind of doing just enough to win the game. Like there, there was never a point where I felt that there was a game that was out of reach. Maybe it's just because we've seen, you know, Mahomes come back from what, 24 down in the playoffs, you know, so no lead seems too big, but they hit the ground running in the playoffs. I mean, the Browns defense is, is you know, no pushover. And they were just steamrolling every time driving down the field and same thing against this bills group. So it, it was a, I mean, this is a tough, a tough offense to stop um, much like the bucks offense. So it, it, it's going to be, I don't know. I mean, in terms of like everything trying to boil it down to one thing, which is also what I'm going to ask you guys to do. It's kind of impossible, but I think I'm going to go back to the, the turnovers thing. The bucks love to capitalize off mistakes. Their defense is built to, to force turnovers and their offense is built to, score touchdowns off of turnovers. So I really think that if the Chiefs don't turn the ball over, which is 100% entirely possible, given the way that they've, you know, they play the game, that um, it, that's their game to win. So to put it on one thing, um, I'm going to say that, you know, the Chiefs not turning the ball over. If they don't turn the ball over, they will win the Super Bowl. Um, and then, Cody, do you have like a, a one, one thing that is kind of like hinging on the Super Bowl? In terms of just what I think decides the game. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of like you said, the turnovers, I don't think, I don't think the chiefs really like maybe they'll turn over once. Like they're not a turnover prone team. It's mm. not, a, it's not something that usually happens outside of the, the dolphins game earlier this year. Like that's not really a thing the chiefs do. So I, I would say it's more a certainty that they don't, that they should be fine. I would say it hinges on the Chiefs' secondary that if the chief secondary can hold up and prevent like a huge, you know, huge games from Godwin, Brown, Evans, like all of those guys, chiefs win the game. So just keeping the, keeping the bucks offense down is, uh, is a key for the chiefs. And Liam, I, I have a feeling it might have something to do with Tom Brady, but uh, what is, what is your turning point in the game? A little bit. It goes off what you guys said in, in a lot of ways. Um, I, I won't necessarily say specifically turnovers, but um, limiting mistakes. Uh, there's going to be some 
big time situations for uh, coaches to kind of, you know, like LaFleur blowing it in that last game, just, just stuff like that is um, kind of what separates the men from the boys. And I know we're going to see multiple, I, I'll say this, this, this might be a prop that we'll get into later, but I, I think um, the Bucks, we know they're not afraid to let it fly on fourth down and sometimes questionable ballsy situations. Um, and I think that one of those uh, fourth down calls could end up deciding the game just because um, I've seen it kill Brady so many times where we just look unstoppable and automatic on fourth down. And um, you know, it, it give it up in a position where you should punt and, it's you don't want to give Patrick Mahomes an extra 20 yards to start his drive or he will shove it down your throat. Um, but in the same vein, it's a huge situation for Mahomes, and um, he's got to have that offense performing at a level that it never has before to beat this Bucks defense. So, um, does he have that game management in him? Does he have that Brady game management skill? I don't know. Um, he, he, he's proven it. In, in, in my opinion, but in such a big time situation, it's going to come down to which leader can limit the most mistakes on his team. So if you're going to crop one part, crop that leaders um, limiting mistakes. And I think Brady is the best leader in all football. So yes, it does come down to Brady JT. Yeah. I, I do just want to point out like another point with, uh, you know, you mentioned like limiting mistakes and things like that, that that's going to be really important for Mahomes specifically that Eric Fisher torn Achilles, out from the Super Bowl, out for who knows how long. The Chiefs are playing with one lineman from their starting lineup at the start of the season, mm. and that's the center. So the Bucks pass rush is going to be hella important. We saw what they did last week to a backup left tackle for the Packers. And if the Chiefs' offensive line can't can't make that stop, can't, uh, can't keep the pass rush from getting there, it's going to be a long day. Yeah, I, I mean, it, there's there's a lot of interesting things. I mean, you go back to when they first played. Tyreek Hill cooked uh, Carlton Davis for, you know, 200-something yards. And I'll, I'll say it right now. I was talking to somebody about this, and I was like, I don't really have a, a big reason why, but, like, Carlton Davis just irks me. Like, I think people talk him up too much, and he's just not – like, he was getting cooked up by Devontae Adams. You know, Tyreek Hill destroyed him absolutely. Like, I don't know. I feel like he gets – he he's overrated in my opinion, um, but that's obviously another topic for another day. But yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's really going to come down to Liam. I love what you said about fourth downs. I mean, the, the bucks killed the Packers on third downs last week. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much the reason they're playing in the Super Bowl now is because, you know, big conversion after big conversion, keeping drives alive. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is going to be a fun game. I'm hoping for a shootout. I'm hoping for, you know, 60 something points. Uh, and these offenses are, are built to do that, but let's get into some of these prop bets. So, uh, all of this comes through Odd Shark. Um, so I'm just going to go through rapid fire on a couple of these here that I thought were a little unique. And then um, I've got some other ones that actually have a little history behind them. So I'm also excited to get into that one too. But let's start with some of these rapid fire ones. If you've, if you've done, if you guys have done any research on it, like, you know, good for you. Maybe you've gone onto the, the site, but I don't, I don't know if there's a lot of numbers behind this, but Let's start with a with a, a, a good one. Everybody's favorite. Um, what color liquid will, will be poured on the game-winning coach? So we've got orange plus 150, red plus 225, lime plus 275, clear or water plus 700, blue plus 800, purple plus 1,000. Liam, we'll start with you. What what looks good uh, on this on this list? 
So my hunch is always I like the clear white liquid mm. um, because that's what Brady's normally drinking. It's And it's not even Gatorade. It's just in a Gatorade bottle. And it looks like, you know, who knows what he's actually drinking. And so that's always my hunch. But I just doubt that that Brady's stash is the communal cooler. Like, I don't think Brady's – I don't think you're dumping Brady's Gatorade or whatever his concoction mm. is. So with that being said, I, I'm just going to go with um, classic – I, I guess, did you say yellow? Is that, is that lemon lime flavor? I think that's probably, I don't know what the odds are there, but yeah, I think that, that's, a, that's always plus, a safe bet. Plus 275 for the classic, okay. the classic lime. Cody, Cody, what looks good for you? I know Chiefs were orange last year, so I'll go with the favorite orange again this year. See, that's okay. a good tip. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to say that maybe he had a little bit of an edge because he knew that, but uh <laughs> Yeah, no, the, so the interesting thing, like you said, I was going to mention that, but orange was the um, color last year, but since 2001, and I thought this was a little interesting nugget, the color of the uh, Gatorade of the Super Bowl games has only matched the team color scheme three times, but two of those three were, were Bill Belichick and the Patriots blue. Uh, one of them was Mike Tomlin with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But maybe Tom Brady wants, maybe he likes the continuity. Maybe he goes red because, you know, Bruce area, like he likes to keep everything all matched up. Um, I don't know who was behind the dumping of the Gatorade. It could be, you know, whoever, but I think red also looks a little interesting to me too. The question would also be to the Bucks dump the cooler on, on Arians or on Brady. Cause I think you don't, you dump on Brady, but that that's beside the point. No, <laughs> I don't think that was a part of the conversation at all until you brought it up but no, it's, it's, yeah it's, i mean if, if they go and don't red gatorade on brady and just make his does that void the bet for the, uh, for the you know trophy ceremony at the end brady just in a pink stained jersey <laughs> that would be iconic be, that would be something all right so speaking of the uh the post game here we've got who will the super bowl 55 mvp first mention in a speech teammates minus 120 god plus 200 Family or family members plus 550, city plus 650, coach plus 1,000, owner plus 1,600, or does not mention any of the above plus 1,000. Uh, Cody, you start with this one. Go chalky, but I feel like most often the quarterback is going to be the MVP, and I feel like both guys will likely mention their teammates first. Honestly, I couldn't tell you what Pat did last year, but I just feel like that, you know, teammates, it's, it's very chalky, but that, that's probably the the overwhelming outcome between those two guys. It's tough. Is, is Mahomes religious? Uh, I don't think. That's always something to bring up. I have, I have no idea. Because that, that could always be a default mention, like, you know, shout out to God or, or whatever. That, say, that that's, that's not something I really have heard him bring up much. Yeah, so. yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think like in this situation. Yeah, I think in this situation, teammates is a safe bet. Brady, you know, maybe – Maybe a shout out to his smoking hot wife, Giselle, and his um, cool cat kids. But that, you know, otherwise I think teammates are a safe bet. Yeah, no, that's true. And maybe, maybe the coach gets some love. I don't know. But I, I think, it. you know, I would have liked to see last year maybe go for like mentioning the city um, because it was the Chiefs, you know, and it was their, their you know, getting that Super Bowl was, was big for them. But now it's just, I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I like the teammates one too. Um, okay, here's here's a an interesting one. Uh, how many times will Roger Goodell be shown? Over one and a half times or under one and a half times? Both are set at minus one twenty. I can make a case for both, but Liam, this one's you. Uh, what are you thinking? That's a 
that's a shameful total for the commissioner of the NFL to be set at during the Super Bowl. Like I, you know, just thinking about it, I'd be like three or four is what you set it at. So you'd think over because he's the commissioner of the NFL, but he's so hated. His approval rating is probably so low that I wouldn't put it past him to just show it once at the start and be like, all right, we got our Goodell shot and, and call it. So, you know, it's, it's a matter of if they go back to him. Yeah. Do, do you know if this counts post game as well? Ooh. Uh, it doesn't say, so I would assume, let's just say during the game. Cause I think that's probably what they were more than likely going after. Yeah, Cause I feel like if you show them like, it would probably be pre-game, post-game. If that's not included, like, just during the game, maybe you get shown once. But if it includes pre-game, post-game, I would take the over. But I have no you're, idea. You're right. If not, he might not get shown at all. Right. It's like they might show him, like, once during the game. You know, they talk about everything the league had overcome and, you know, the, mm. for the 2020 season to happen, like, something like that. Maybe they'd show him, or maybe they'd show him, you know, pre-game, like, anthem or something. and yeah no no, that's 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 true that's that's definitely true this one this one's for liam specifically um but i i love this is probably my favorite one uh what will be mentioned first tom brady's 10th super bowl or tom brady's age so we've got plus or we got plus 110 for the age minus 150 for the super bowl because i see this going two ways right they you know they 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 come in they get ready and tony romo says you know tom brady or you know, Tom Brady, I think it's, is it CBS, right? That's doing the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. They're like, you know, Tom, 43 year old Tom Brady playing in his 10th Super Bowl yeah. or playing in his 10th Super Bowl, 43 year old Tom Brady. If anybody knows sentence structure, like they have the clear advantage of what makes more sense in a broadcast standpoint. But Liam, you're up first. What do you got? No, no you're Cody. right. That's Co- it's Cody. Sorry. Uh, give it to Cody. I, that's a tough one because, like you said, it could just depend on the sentence structure. It could be in the same exact sentence that that's decided. Uh, I would just say, I don't know, age. I would say the 43-year-old Tom Brady. Yeah. I feel like that's that's more of a headline. It's tough, man, because you're right. It's 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 gonna be in one it's gonna be in one foul swoop, one sentence. Um, like we said, I think Ro- Romo has pretty erratic sentence structure sometimes, so he, he's a he's unpredictable in that sense. 43rd Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, you might just botch it entirely. <laughs> um I don't I'll I'll flip it on Cody playing for his 10th Super Bowl at 43 years old I think that's that's how he says it so I'll flip it there okay all right I like that yeah no playing in his 10th Super Bowl at 43 years old yeah yeah it's it's truly like I mean this might be as like as as much chance as the coin like that's it's really how I, I think it breaks down which is it's just very interesting so yeah, it'll all come down to that. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, okay, so we've got some some specific ones. Um, we're talking, where is it? I lost it here. Oh, okay. No, that's not right. Okay, here we go. Coin toss. Uh, there's a lot of history behind this coin toss and a lot of trends that are very interesting. But before we get into that, um, so we've got two. We're going to, this is going to, we're going to parlay it for both of you. So uh, what's, what's the call and who wins the toss? So you're, so you're going with the call on the field and then basically whether or not they, they win um, that call. So let's see, who do we, so Liam, you're up first. So you're, you're saying who wins, who wins the toss uh, and, and do they make the right call is essentially what you're deciding. Gotcha. That's, 
So, wait, don't we already know who's going to make the call for the coin? Well, we know who's making the call, but we're saying, so basically you're saying, you're saying heads or tails. Okay. Are they they correct? Gotcha. Gotcha. I'll say, I'll say heads and correct, but this is a coin toss. So yes, I I don't know what, what to guess here, but I'll go with heads and and correct. That's a pretty like alpha answer in the coin toss. I feel like. (laughs) Anyway, it's a coin toss. I'll say tails, bucks, bucks uh, get it right. Receive the toss. I receive the receive the ball. If that's if that's an option, you can parlay to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Rotarians sure. loves taking the ball. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so here's the interesting thing with this. Also, is that actually over the last, let's see, I got to pull this up since Super Bowl forty nine. So what has that been? Seven last seven years. The team that um, that won the toss, uh, first off, six out of seven were tails. Second off, the team that won the toss actually lost the game for the past seven years in a row. So that is something I'm looking for, um, you know, in terms of if you're looking for any sort of edge whatsoever. Um, whoever wins that toss, I'm betting on the other team right away. Like, no no hesitation. I'm just going straight for it because, you know, I, I, like, I like my trends. It's got to follow something. Um, so that's what I, that's what I'm all over. Um, I'm trying to find, I had one, where was this? Was this, I had some, oh, no, I, yeah, I had some national anthem props for you too. Um, here we go. Where is it? I just got to get there. Thought I had it all set up. Uh, Liam, give me a Tom Brady stat while I, while I get this together. Okay. So I think this is with winning a conference champion or making a conference championship for Tom Brady, but he is more likely to make a conference championship in any given season than Steph Curry is to hit a three pointer in any given attempt. Cody, you can compile the the exact stats for me on that one, but I know it's true. It's absurd. All right. It was, that was, that was the perfect amount of time. We're we're here. (laughs) We've made it. Um, Okay. So the Super Bowl. Uh, national anthem on average takes a minute and 55 seconds to complete. Um, but they've got the odds set here. At- I saw a minute 20 seconds. I, I thought, or is like what the total was at? I thought, but no, the total is at a, a minute 59 seconds. So on oh, average, wow. if you just sing it straight through, um, you it, it takes you a minute 59 seconds, but or a minute 55, but the over under set at. A minute 59 so this is going to be our last one we're going to end it on the uh the national anthem talk but uh let's see cody you are first over under on the national or on, on the national anthem minute 59 seconds over is even uh, under is minus 140 I'll go, I'll go under on that so i feel like i go under every year <laughs> there's really no i i have no uh, no research to back this up Oh, that's tough. I think it's a year of showmanship. So I think, um, who is it? Is it Jasmine Sullivan and Eric Church? Also a duet. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I, I think that adds to, I think a duet yeah, that, that adds to the it. time. So I think I'm going to go with over just on, on that extra variable there. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. When I was looking over this, I was like, you know, maybe this is a year where if, if they're going to take it over, um, that you know they they would but yeah over the last let's see so the past three years the uh national anthem's gone under minute 53 minute 49 and minute 49 
But the three years previous to that, it all hit over two minutes, um, including Super Bowl 47, Alicia Keys, two minutes, 35 seconds. I don't know if we're gearing up for something like that, but um, that, that would be interesting yeah, to see. A, a duet that I feel like that kind of slows it down a bit. So I'm, I'm going to say over. You're going to, okay. Nice. He's going to change the pick, go over. That's yeah. fair. No, that's fair. New information changes things. Absolutely. That's what pros do. They look mm-hmm. at the information as it comes to them and they, they adjust their decisions based on that. There's no bias. All right. Uh, I think that's all the time we've got. This was a lot of fun going over some of these prop bets. I've got them all written down. So we'll, we'll track them. I'll let you guys know how you do, how much money you make, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited for the Super Bowl. It's going to be a good time. Uh, any, any final parting words from, the Tom Brady fan or from the Chiefs fan before you let you go, Liam, anything you have left to say? Either way, this is going to be a great Super Bowl. Cody, I, I, I think Pat Mahomes is a great young up-and-coming quarterback, man. And uh, <laughs> I, um, if he hasn't already cemented himself, is a great. But I, I do think no hard feelings between these, these two great quarterbacks, and uh, everyone should be excited to watch. Also, fat guy touchdown, defensive lineman or offensive lineman to score a touchdown, plus 800. Take a look at that. <laughs> I mean, I got a uh, Liam was so nice there, but I also despise <laughs> Tom Brady. So sorry, but we, we always say on the campus cover, like when we're capping games on campus cover, one of the main principles go by is just bet the best quarterback, best coach, best quarterback, bet the Chiefs. Sorry. All right. I was, I was hoping to soften that, but all right, Cody, it's war. Wow. We, we ended on, you know, a little bit of a tense note, but that's okay. You know what? That's all good. Um, that's how these things go, but yeah, I'm excited for the Super Bowl. Thank you guys again for coming on and uh, hopefully we'll get you both back on real soon. Thank you, JT. Yeah, thanks for having us. Man.